Thank you for joining us for a Kingdom Thoughts conversation with one of our founders on Insight Now. You can watch live streams on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Good evening, everybody, or good afternoon, or wherever you are. Um, just uh, really great to be with you uh, on this Insight Now live stream. I'm going to be doing this uh, a couple times a week and uh, talking about my my thoughts, my thoughts of the kingdom, my thoughts about uh, you know what God is saying at the moment, um, what we're working on, what we're coming into understanding of some things that are um, you know some things that are maybe familiar to us. What I've been talking about. Uh, in the last little few times has been about the multi-dimensional aspect of the kingdom. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's dimensional. And uh, we know of at least three, maybe four dimensions. Um, but, you know, physicists talk about, you know, in, in the world that we live in, they discover something like about 26 or 27. It's probably even increasing even more than that as we discover more of the unending nature of life uh, we're so used to a finite period of beginning and end and yet that doesn't exist from heaven's perspective it's it, there is no beginning and there is no end so that can sometimes be difficult to get hold of get an understanding of so um here we are and um we are uh starting to explore a little more. That's what interesting thing about it, is the kingdom um, is discovered. So when we when we think about what Jesus said to the disciples, he said, "I will build my church." So the church is built. Um, there are lots of things that are built. They are established. They are built upon. But the kingdom is really a different type of thing, different kettle of fish, if you want to put it that way. So the kingdom is discovered. And uh, that's why when, when Jesus told them that he would build his church, um, he, he then says to the disciples, now I, I want to give you some keys, and they are keys to the kingdom. The amazing thing about a key is that it's relatively s small. You know, there are some big keys, but um, keys... Uh, you know, just happen to have. Look at this. Look at, now, look at this size key. Now that um, that's a bigger key than you would ever want to carry around. Um, but keys are usually small, and they are something that goes in, and then they unlock a big door. Usually, you know, there can be large, huge doors. It can be heavy doors. It can be, you know, heavy, heavy things. But a, a key is something that helps you to discover uh, something, to be able to um, open up something that wasn't opened up. And so, you know, the kingdom kingdom is discovered. And that's where we have to have that as a basis of our understanding, a basis of our experience, a basis of, of life is to, is to live in this place of discovery. I'm discovering something. I'm discovering what life looks like. I'm discovering what's new. I discover, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, and um, I've just been 
been thinking about um, a a scripture, um, and um, it's you, you probably would know it quite quite well from different translations, but Proverbs, and um, you know, I've been hanging out in Proverbs a little bit, but Proverbs twenty nine, um, and the Passion translation says it like this: When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's blessed fills your soul. Um, and there are other translations of it. You, you may have heard something like a, where there is no where there is no vision, the people perish. Um, or where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. And so just want to explore that a little bit um, today in the context of discovering the kingdom and in the context of the kingdom being multidimensional. So when you look at different translations and nearly all the English translations use similar uh, words, they say things like where there is no prophetic vision, um, where there is no vision, where there is no prophetic dream, um, and then it then starts to talk about the people cast off restraints or the people do what they want to do. And if you look at the Hebrew, um, it, the, it really looks like where there is no prophetic dream or prophetic vision or a prophetic, prophetic progressive revelation. I think that's what it means is that when you don't have something that is a revelation from heaven about your life, about what you're on this planet for, when you don't understand or you're not getting some some un, some revelation from heaven, then you tend to a cast off restraint or um, another translation says perish. Or when you look at the, the very root word of that, it really means to be laid bare. It means to have nothing. Um, it can mean being taking off all your clothes and being naked. You know, you you don't have a covering. You don't have you don't have things. You don't you don't have hope. You, you don't have an excitement for the future. Um, and that's a really interesting place um, to be living out of. So, so here we are. So, so what we have is this understanding that where you don't have a prophetic vision or your prophetic understanding or a prophetic dream, and so when we, when we understand about revelation, we understand that revelation is progressive. Um, it means that it's, it's going from glory to glory. It's going from this point to, to this point. It's, it's progressing. It's discovering. It's, it's if, if, um, to use the word evolving in the right sense of the word. It's, it's developing. It's, it's growing. It's becoming, you know, moving from this point to this point to this point to this point. But revelation is also positional. So what it means is until you actually move, sometimes you can't see something. Um, you know, it'd be like you're out hiking, um, you know, in Australia we would call bushwalking or out in the bush or in the forest or, um, you know, hiking or whatever you're used to. And if you're out there and you're on top of a, a hill or a high point and then you can see 
a long way. You can see down through the valley, you can see to the next high point. And, and that's as far as you can see. But until you, you move and you go down through the valley and you walk and you get to that next high point, at that next high point, you can see further than you can before. So, so revelation is positional. It's, it means that often you can't see things until you move. You know, uh, and I think a lot, a lot of times we're waiting for God to move, and but when He, in reality, is waiting for us to move, He's waiting for us to embrace something, and to move in our understanding or to move in our, uh, in our movement, so that we actually, we, 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 get in another place. We are moved um, because we're discovering something. So if we, when we, when we see that the kingdom is multi-dimensional, so there are many dimensions to discover, and that the kingdom is discovered. It's not built, it's discovered. And so discovering something new, discovering something, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, are aware of the scripture that says that there's nothing new under the sun, which I, I which we know is written in the Old Testament. And I think that that um, has 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 stopped a lot of people from discovering new things because they say, well, there's nothing new under the sun. Well, I think in the New Testament and New Covenant, there's a whole lot new because it's a it's a different era for us. It's a different place for us. We 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 have um, you know prophecy um, available for every single person can operate prophetically. Um, uh, I mean, everybody is, particularly from the Pentecost Pentecost time when Joel. When the, the prophecy of Joel was declared, um, you know, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So everybody has um, a an operation of that prophetic insight, that prophetic revelation. It just depends, you know, who you're listening to. And so uh, here we have uh, this amazing concept of the progressiveness of vision, propheticness of dream, the prophetic revelation of what does that look like for your life, what is what is growing. And, I, I, it, it, you know, most things come back to understanding who we, who we really are and experiencing the different dimensions of that. We, there's been a lot of teaching, you know, I've taught this for a long time, so there's a lot of other people um, that are, uh, Two important concepts, the most two important concepts, I think, of understanding who God is and understanding who you are. And those two concepts, those two truths, those two questions, when that when they when you actually answer them in the positive about who God is and come into relationship with Him, then you discover who you are. But that's a, it's an ongoing thing. You discover more about who God is. You understand more about who you are. And when you understand more about who you are, you understand more about who God is. And so it is this multi-dimensional aspect. It is discovering more about who you are and discovering more about um, who who God is. And I, I've made a statement um, many times. I, I wrote about it in my first book, um, and. It's it's a statement. It says, um, a, "A son is always the answer." Now, if you're listening to this, um, and you're getting a little bit concerned because you think I'm being quite um, discriminatory, 
you know, being being <laughs> discriminatory. Um, I, I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about position. Um, you know, so you ladies get to be a son, and uh, us men get to be a bride. You know, it's it's not about gender. It's about position. So when I say a son is the answer, I'm I'm not talking about male or female. I'm talking about the positional thinking of of sonship. Now I know that becomes a little easier for for men to understand what a son is, um, but um, the reality is it's about being a son, and we wouldn't have a son or a daughter, but a child, a son is always the answer. That was the answer that God had for the world, was to send His Son, um, and He wanted to 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 bring us into an understanding that a son is an answer. Some time ago, I was thinking about um, the prayer that that Jesus prays um, in uh, in John chapter seventeen. You know, before He goes to the to the cross, He's in the garden and He's praying. And um, and he says he says this quite a significant thing. He says to the Father, "I've completed the work that you've sent me to do. I've completed the work." I, I don't know how many times I've read that, how many times I've heard people talk about that and say that. And then it dawned on me one day. It's like, wait a minute, he hasn't been to the cross. This is not him in a resurrected body saying, I've completed the work. This is before the cross. He says, I've completed the work that you've sent me to do. And it's like, well, what work have you completed? What work have you finished that, that, that the Father sent you to earth to complete? Surely it was the cross. And, uh, and I'm not taking away any any bit from the fact that the cross was important and the cross was vital. I, I don't want you to understand that. I want you to understand that Jesus was saying, hey, there's something that you, I was sent to the, on this planet to do. And I thought about it and I thought what it was. And I think the thing that he, that he displayed the most was how to live on this earth as a son. Because we understand that a son is always the answer. And it was the answer to the world's issue by God sending his only son. And then the only son demonstrated by his life over a three-year period what it looks like to live on this planet. Because it would be completely unfair of God to say, I'm adopting you into my family. If you want to be adopted, come on. I'm going to adopt you. I'm going to make you a son. I'm going to make you a daughter. I'm going to make you a child of God. And then I want you to live like that. And we're thinking, oh, how do you do that? Well, don't know. And so Jesus came and he demonstrated on the planet, he demonstrated what it looks like to live as a son, what it looks like to live on the planet as a son, what it looks like to live uh, here, what it looks like to live and to do and to operate as a son, what, what does it look like? And so Jesus demonstrated what it looked like so that we can't say, oh, we have no idea. We have every idea because he demonstrated what it looks like. In fact, he said, listen, you'll do what I do. You'll do the things that I will do. In fact, actually, no, more than that, you'll actually do more 
than what I'm doing. And lots of people said, well, that's because, you know, there's more of us and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I suppose there's some, there's some truth in that too. But it's like, no, let's talk to the individual. Let's talk to the person because that's who God deals with. He deals with us uniquely, individually. He, he deals with us in person. He deals with us person by person. It really is only the enemies while he, where he deals with generalistic. He, you know, the sayings like, oh, you're all like that. Everybody's like that. You know, I don't want to have anything to do with all of these people because all of that, that you know, somebody hurt me. You know, like I don't want to have anything to do with the church anymore because the church hurt me. No, no, a person hurt you or a group of people hurt you. That's the way that enemy tries to isolate people is to, from a generalistic point of view. But the Holy Spirit always do, deals with us person to person, um, embracing our uniqueness, valuing our, our uniqueness as, as a person. So a king, the, the, the king says, Jesus, the king of kings, says that kings, that's us, a son, and you, you become a king because you are a son, because you are an heir. Um, and he he says, "Listen, a son is always an answer, always the answer." Um, Bill Johnson says this: "Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment, and intimacy with God is my life source." Um, here's, here's a, here's a story. I, I, I've told this story, you know, maybe so many times, but it's re really worth repeating. There was an elderly couple and, um, they were, um, not very wealthy. Um, uh, in, in fact, they, they lived a life, um, in, in which, uh, it was very difficult, um, for them. So they would, Enter every every opportunity they could, they would enter these competitions to try and win things, to try and make things a little bit better for them, and they never won anything. Um, and uh, then one day they did win something, and they won a cruise. Um, you can tell it's in a in a different season because you know cruise is happening at the moment, but they won this cruise, and so they they got all their things together. They're they're you know, clothes and all of those sorts of things. And they went to the store and they and they brought some cheese and crackers, um, you know, to, to eat on there. And um, so they got onto the cruise. They were excited because, you know, it, this was a cruise. This was something that they, they'd won and they were just so excited about it and they get onto the cruise. And they, they do feel a little bit out of it, but they're going to enjoy it in any case. And so they enjoy walking around the cruise and the ship's going and, um, you know, they have their cabin and, and they're just really, just just absolutely enjoying it. And it comes to the dinner um, that evening. And so while everybody goes off to the dining room, they go back to their uh, to their cabin and they get out the cheese and, and the crackers. And, you know, they, they, they get their dinner um, together and they're eating their dinner. Now, the captain is aware that they have won this competition that are on board and he's looking around for them at dinner and they're not there. And, um, and he's he's wondering, thinking, well, they must be very tired, or you know, they they're just they're not used to it, and so that you know, they're just in somewhere, you know, if you can't see them. 
The next day comes and they enjoy their whole day, comes dinner again and off to their cabin. And so they go to their cabin, get their crackers and, and cheese out, and they just have their crackers just enjoying it in their, in their cabin. Um, and um, the third night, same thing happens. But on this third night, the captain who has already looked for them in the, in the two dinners, um, he, he decides to go to the cabin. So he goes to the cabin, knocks on the door, and uh, they open the door, and um, this, this couple sees it, the captain, and they're a bit horrified, but, you know, they asked him. He says, are you okay? I'm just come to check on you. I, I've not, you know, noticed that you were at, not at the, the dinners and you're not at dinner tonight. And I was hoping to, you know, you to be seated at my table and, and for me to, to get to know you. And they were looking very sheepish and very embarrassed and, and shameful. And uh, and so they said to the captain, I'm well, sorry, captain, uh, we just come back to our cabin just to eat the crackers and, and cheese. He said, well, why would you do that? He said, well, we're very embarrassed. We feel ashamed, but we don't, we don't have money for the, for the dinners. And he looks at them and he says, but don't you understand? It's all been paid for. It's all been paid for. And it's just like, they are just so like shocked. They thought, that that was extra, you know, they, they weren't, weren't aware. And we can live life like that. We can live life where we where we think that we're not good enough. We can live life where it's like, I, I couldn't possibly afford that. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. And yet the things of the kingdom have been purchased for us. Jesus paid the price so that we could not only just have a future, but we could have life now. That we could experience the things and the understanding of who you are, the understanding that you are a son, that you are a daughter of the Most High God. That's the important thing. That's the thing to understand. This is who I am. Um, this is who... I have been created to be. Um, and so a son is always the answer. Um, it, was, it was always the answer, and it's still the answer today. And that's where Jesus said that he completed the work that the Father had sent him to do. And that work was to display, to let everybody see to let everyone understand that this is what a son looks like. This is what it looks like to be a son of God. This is what it looks like to live as a son. This is what it looks like to live life day by day as a child of the Most High God. This is what it looks like to live day by day as a son of God. This is what it looks like in every area. and so. What has happened previously is, is that um, religion has got hold of a lot of things, and so that we we understand that it becomes it's an event. And we we, you know, we our relationship with God can be events. It can be event focused, where it's meant to be lifestyle. It's meant to come out of a lifestyle. And when you are realizing 
that the, the kingdom is this multi-dimensional aspect, that there's a dimension that we live in now, but there's a dimension that God wants to take us into. And it's not a it's not a huge shift. It's not a it's not a, a, a level type of thing. It's a dimension. It's like I understand what living as a son is now, but there's more that, to understand. There's more, there's more, and there's more, and there's more, and there's no end um, of that. And the kingdom is also discovered. That's why he's given us keys. And some of those keys, those keys are for what we're to take to unlock a dimension or to unlock something. And those keys can be very different for every single person. Um, and there's some keys that are fundamental. But I think that one of the one of those keys is really to understand what what are you on this planet for? What is the dream or the vision or what is the, the revelation? And that's where prophecy becomes very helpful because we, we, we get word, the word of God. We get something delivered to us that God says, this is my intention for your life. And so prophecy is always an invitation for us to partner with God to accomplish something that is beyond our own ability. So that prophecy becomes an invitation. It's it's God saying this. It's not, uh, okay, God said it, okay, sarah, sarah, whatever it will be, I'll sit back and wait for it to happen because God said it's going to happen. No, it's an invitation. It's an invitation for us to partner with him, to come into agreement with him, to accomplish something that we couldn't possibly do on our own. And so... Here we go back to the scripture that, that says where there is no prophetic revelation or prophetic dream or prophetic vision, then the people cast off restraint. Um, and you know, casting off restraint seems to be like, you know, throwing something off, throwing something away. And I think it's things like hope and it's things like, um, uh, you know, just an, an expectation, which is, you know, all part of hope and anticipation. It's faith. It's like, you know, all of those sorts of things. And when we come into a place where it's like, okay, there's no hope, no future, what am I, you know, there's so many people living in that because they don't have a prophetic revelation. That's why it's so important for for us to be able to inspire people and help people. That's what salt does. Salt, Jesus said that we're salt. Salt happens to things. Take some salt, put it on your food. You know, I was I was making something um, uh, Saturday morning, I think it was, or Sunday morning. I can't remember. Just a like a, a breakfast muffin, and and I was putting in some some Sichuan seasoning into into it, and I opened the container and um just to sprinkle it in, and a whole lot came out. It's like oh. My goodness, you know, it was just, and it happened to something. It, it was a seasoning that happened just to something, and, and it changed that dish. <laughs> and that's what's what's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, we're supposed to make a difference by just our presence, just being in places. When we realize, hey, we make a difference. That's what salt does. It's salt. Take some salt, add it to some water. The water becomes salty. And it's the same. He says we're the light. When light chases out darkness, light, you know, is used in so many different ways, whether it's to bring people into safety through a lighthouse or it's to it's to open up so that you can see, you can see where you need to tread because the darkness has been dispelled. You know, that's, that's who we are. 
So the kingdom is multidimensional. The kingdom is discovered. And a son is always the answer. A son is always um, the answer. So um, can I just remind you that um, our, our live streams um, are happening um, each uh, each each week, um, Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or if you're in Australia, like I am, um, that it's, uh, it says actually 9.30 on the ticket that's just going past through there, but it's actually 10.30 because of daylight savings. Um, so I need, need to change that. Um, Really great having this time talking to you. Uh, I appreciate it. I hope you got something from it. Just Can I just remind you again, the kingdom is multidimensional. Can I remind you that the kingdom is discovered? It's not built. It's discovered. And um, the main, last thing is the sun is always the answer. A sun is always the answer to an issue, to the problems. It's the sun, Jesus, but it's us as sons. Uh, it, it, it's looking. So whenever you feel a little, uh, maybe feeling a little insecure, go back and have a look and understanding about who you are. Uh, where there is no prophetic revelation, where there's no prophetic vision, where there isn't an ongoing vision uh, for you or for your life, um, then there is a place in which people cast off um, restraint. Let me go back and finish off with this Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. People quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, uh, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Thanks for joining me. Um, I'll be back. Um, I'll be back. <laughs> Uh, I'll be back on um, Tuesday uh, with uh, the other guys and um, then again on uh, Thursday at uh, US time or Friday Australian time. So have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.